Wow, there it was. That was like that was like my little shotgun. Not so much a shotgun, <laughs> like a pistol or a cannon. Like I'm shot. It's Wednesday. It's hump day, and. You know what? I have to say anything was better than my Monday, so I'm actually very excited for hump day today. I I agree. My Monday was not uh, my favorite day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, 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 I'm not so much a shotgun. I'm more of a pellet gun today. Are you? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what my pachoo sounded like, but inwardly I feel like a wha-bam. More like a cannon. <laughs> That's a nice foreshadow to the gift of the day. I love it. Let's do it. All right. Hit us. Holy week or spring break? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sure many of our listeners tuned in to hear whether or not I deliver some sort of homily and start espousing <laughs> religious ideology and bash the fact that we've lost touch. And like the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus or even... The Christmas tree, none of these icons have much or anything to do with the religious period that is behind the season or the time given to, quote, reflect. Yeah, I feel like the the gift of the day is should have read more like Holy Week or Holy Spring Break, Batman. <laughs> it was like one of those two. Total dichotomy. Exactly. And I think there's just as many listeners that took one look at it and said, nope. <laughs> Yep. (laughs) Not going to do it. Nope. Opting out. (laughs) But I love you both equally, my children. (laughs) And there's no offense taken. (laughs) Right. All are welcome no matter what. True, true. So for for those who decided to push play, I'll give you what you're looking for. And we have space for you. We do. All are welcome in the pews. Looking back at my first statement about false icons being intertwined with the religious holidays, which to me is blasphemy, we have to acknowledge that spring break magically appearing simultaneously to Holy Week is another prime example. Yeah. So while many follow in the herd down to Greece, that's actually a line from a Blur song. I'll drop it in right here. Good, because I'm not familiar with it. There it went. Did, did you recognize oh. it? Oh, the song. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't recognize the lyric. Yeah, yeah. That, it's kind of hidden in, you're, you're listening to the lyrics because the lyrics are very complicated. That one is, is kind of hidden in there. So that was okay. Blur, by the way. So most people in California don't <laughs> follow to the herd to Greece. They follow in the herd to various parts of Mexico and the East Coast. It's Daytona. And... The remainder of us Christians and Catholics, which I've been told are not always the same thing, because when I say I'm Christian, the Christians go, oh, but you're Catholic. I'm like, I don't know what the problem is there, but I am Christian, <laughs> but I'm Catholic. So whatever. I'm not, it's, gotcha. it's not bothersome enough for me to figure out what the hell the problem is there, but there is a problem. <laughs> At any rate, collectively, we find ourselves inspired to attend church ceremonies and listen to the strong, possibly the strongest lessons of the year, religiously. And this, my friends, is where your story begins. It does. I feel like there should be some organs playing in the background. Uh That's how I pictured it. (laughs) But surprise, surprise. Let me begin by reminding you that I am, in fact, a Eucharistic minister in the Catholic Church, but I'm also a self-proclaimed hedonist. So I do see both sides of that coin. 
uh, total opposite sides of the coin. Yes. And I love that. And to some degree, I practice both very deeply. Such was the case in point of this past Saturday, the true beginning of Holy Week. Okay, so is it safe to say you are no longer alcohol-free during Lent? Yeah, but I'm not like crazy. I've been fairly tempered. Okay, well, that wasn't the that wasn't the quote-unquote agreement, but I see your hedonist yes. part quasi took over. See, your point is well taken. Quasi. Quasi. <laughs> your point is extraordinarily well taken and very appropriate for this podcast because I'm not going to stand here hovering over you in my robe and cross right, and saying and yes. And that is later on, we're going to reveal that as the, the theme that comes from my meditations today. I'm going to show you that I am very much human and I am full of flaws and that that is part of this holy week in general is allowing yourself to understand that. So yes, Michelle, I am off the wagon. I'm monitoring you in the fact that like you said, one, you haven't gone overboard and two, it hasn't been out the window. Exactly. You've, you've, you've recognized it and you've moderated it just a little bit, but you're also still doing life. There you go. There you go. And that there's room for both. And that's where I'm going with this. On last Saturday, I had the privilege and the delight to share my hedonist's playground, which is Carmel and Carmel Valley, Monterey, Pacific Grove, with my partner in crime, Kellyanne. Mixing pleasure and piousness is not easy. And Neither is mixing grain or grappa or mixing worship (laughs) with two very different gods. Yet we somehow managed to do all three. We started the day with Dionysus, sipping champagne, wines of all varieties, and hedonistically partaking of exotic and pleasurable foods. We then mixed grain, having some of the Irish, and we had an incredible time doing that. Then, both being Catholic, my maiden family name being Gallagher and hers being Callahan, you can imagine that we found our way to mass that day and we landed at the Carmel mission to do so, which is always a special treat. And we joined the mass in progress. Okay. I did not see this left turn. No. And see, that's it. Nobody sees it. Right. Because we're so either in one camp or all in, in the other camp, there's very few people can pivot and put a foot in both sides. That, that was like mm, one of my, major issues in my, my long, longest standing relationship. There wasn't that uh-huh. ability. You're all in on one side and you couldn't be the other. If you're, if you were a star bellied snitch, you couldn't be a bear bellied snitch. And that was the whole Dr. Seuss <laughs> rhetoric, right? Okay. So I may try star bellied snitch, right? I don't fit. I don't fit the, the blanks. I don't fit the, the one stars. I I'm, I'm doing my own thing. Right. And I, I've got my compadre with me, but I was feeling naked. As I was in shorts and flip-flops. And, you know, Kelly looked just fine. She was in a dress and everything. But we drew a lot of attention. And rarely do I become self-conscious. You know this, Michelle. Right. I have a super high tolerance for not giving any fucks, especially what people think about me. But church is has to be kind of an exception it is for you. Majorly. So I was yeah. super self-conscious the whole time I'm in there. It felt alien to me. We listened to the homily and the closing and grabbed our palms. And then sat in quiet reflection and prayed, kneeling side by side, allowing the Holy Ghost to enter us. 
And if you're not familiar with that feeling, I'm not even going to bother to try to do it justice by describing it. I just encourage you to seek it out because it is unbelievable. That feeling is unbelievable. The following day in the car, I was listening to religious radio because it was Palm Sunday and I listened to a mass and the priest was making a very strong point. It was so timely for me. And you kind of alluded to this in the beginning of our podcast today, that there's a tendency for those who quote, practice religion to feel above all others. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see him because it was radio, but I could imagine the smirk on his face as he spoke to a larger than normal crowd because all religions tend to have more attendees on high holy days. Yeah, my 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 partner in crime calls it we are the I am a CNE, the CNEs. What is that? The, the Christmases and Easters. That's when we go to church and I've always called them the CNEs. Totally. Or when I when I come back to work and I see the ash on people's foreheads, I'm like, I didn't know you were Catholic. <laughs> it's so true. But the priest's point was that we stand, we kneel, we sit, we pray, we repeat. But when the last note is struck at the end of mass, you rush to your cars with an urgency to get out of the parking lot and act like animals towards one another, having absorbed none of the message. Yeah. Like you weren't filled, like your cup wasn't filled by that beautiful message you just received. It was just, you were going through the motions. So instead of your cup runneth over, it would be a parishioner being runneth over in the parking lot. <laughs> so watch out. Get out my way. You know, his other point was was very, like, right between the eyes. He, he said, you know, you also tend to judge one another. And the biblical reference was about a poor widowed woman who gave more than she could afford to the church in private. As many wealthy folks gave less than she did, but wanted everyone to see what they were giving and called attention to themselves. That's what struck me between the eyes. I've always worn a suit in church and will continue to do that. But back in the Carmel mission, I felt that I was that widow. I was humble and worshiping the best that I could in what I had at the time. I also reflected upon the fact that Jesus himself wore sandals. So why is it not okay for me to be wearing flip-flops? Yeah, this all brings up an interesting point because the feeling better than thou, Mm. you know, I don't like it, but see, and you say no, which is so true, but I feel when people act like that for a short period, I always look at it as as growth because I feel like that's the process it takes to become better. I feel like, okay, they heard the message. So it's beautiful. They think they know more than you and they are better than you. Okay, that it's going to be a rocky road from here, but the mission starts. Like, here's the voyage. I, I feel like you go through this learning phase and then this extreme learning phase, not necessarily that you're better, but it can be outwardly shown like that. And then you learn, oh, wait. And then you start to put it in practice and you come back down. It's, it's those that stay up there that I feel sorry for. And you have effectively just mind wrestled me to the ground because my instinct is to say, no, those people should get their act together. But interestingly enough, the dogma of what I'm being taught is to accept them as well. <laughs> so you fucked me, Michelle. <laughs> yep, it's, it's so true. And the lesson is so hard, but you do. You have to excuse those people and hopefully allow them to take that journey to 
to learn that lesson. I, I will have to agree with you on that. Yes. And to take the opportunity to flip the script and flop the talk, topic a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of the flip-flops, yep. huh? <laughs> it also happens to be the official footwear of spring break. So while you're out reveling in your vacation spot, no one ever seems to credit the church. You do have time to stroll into a church and at the very least pay an homage to why you have this week off in the sun. I did it and it was great balance for me. So my question to you all today is, do you appreciate the why behind the what when it comes to your holidays? Or do you stay on the surface and disregard the genesis, getting wrapped up in all of the senseless hoopla? If you're whooping it up with the hoopla, we can certainly help you fix that. Michelle, I can only imagine what the homework is. I can hear the chanting in the background. What do you have for us today? Oh, David, I definitely felt something wash over me in that little, not homily, but the gift of the day. And I feel clean and I feel sobered after listening to that. <laughs> and so the homework is taking the time out once again to realize the whys behind the what's because it is so very, very important. So today your homework is to recognize your whys in every action you take. Ooh. Every action. Nice. That could be very revealing. And it should be very revealing. It's going to be annoying, I think. Yeah. I think that it's going to be so annoying to understand to be curious why you do what you do yeah. throughout the day. Boy, and there will be small ones and there'll be big ones. Like I was in the car on the way to the gym the other day and I'm like, God, why am I doing this? Ooh. Why am I doing this? Is it to truly have a healthier body? Is it to have a better appearance? Is it to boost my immune system? Is it to raise my testosterone levels? Is it to be seen? Because damn it, I, I am definitely not one because you've seen me and what I wear to the gym. When I walk in that gym, I'm like, okay, I can pick out the ones that just want to be seen. So yeah. that question is very relevant. Why? Why am I doing this? And yeah, got to be honest with yourself for sure. And you know what? Sometimes I think pausing in the why and recognizing why you're doing something, perhaps you won't like yell at someone or say something stupid. Yeah. And it could be kind of a remarkable eye opener. I love that. I love that. And you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be standing on the beach with a string in my hand. And at the end of that string is what? <laughs> You're going to be flying your kite. <laughs> Yaku key. Getting to the 